0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Lidarius. And I'm Chris. And I hope all of you are well and safe. You know, especially Chiefs fans, hope you guys are definitely well and safe. (laughs) But so let's just not piggyback around. You know, I'm assuming, I I don't have to ask Chris how he's doing. You know, I usually lead off and say, hey, Chris, how you doing? I don't have to do that this week because I know how he's doing. Because (laughs) It's like, you know, I just say we'll save like the, the Johnny Carson and McMahon banter for another time. And so, you know, what I will say is this to lead in. I remember what I talked about last week, and I felt like, I was saying, because I knew we looked back, we talked a lot about Tom Brady. And, I mean, we covered head to toe. And even through that, something told me to go with Tampa. But, you know, something told me, okay, stick with Kansas City, the offense. But I remember what I talked about with Todd Bowles, and I'm like, I think I spoke life into picking Tampa, but then I pulled the 180 and picked Kansas City. And, boy, I... I flip back and forth It's like, I I can't watch it. Because I just – I got the vibe, Chris, that when Tampa got the lead after uh, Kansas City kicked the field goal, it felt like, okay, maybe Kansas City has a a shot. And then when Tampa scored again, I'm like, you know, Kansas City can come back. And then there was a point when – and we'll get into it – where just certain things started to happen, you know, not in the favor of Kansas City. Uh, It was just too many things to overcome, but but we'll dig deep into that. But let's get your initial thoughts on the Super Bowl.
1: So, you know, I I I think I even so, me and you were talking the night of the game, as we do during most big games. We're we're going back and forth on uh, on messenger, text, or whatever. And I, I I I have four words for you. I told you so. I think, like, if we could recap the, the, this season of the podcast, I think that could almost be a headline is, I told you so. Because I think there were a few times I, I, I stepped in the batter's box, I pointed my bat, and it, it went to the fence. And I think the situation with Kansas City and New England, um, it went like, it, like I said it would. The, the first thing I told you so on, is Tampa's defense. I said, watch them come out and just obliterate Kansas City. And, well, they did. Also, the other thing, I said, if push comes to shove and that offense isn't clicking for some reason out of the gate, Brady is going to go to the most comfortable thing he knows on that entire offense, and that is the pitch and catch with Rob Gronkowski. Now, Ladarius, who scored – Two touchdowns on that pitch and catch.
0: You know what? You know, I reserve the right to plead the fifth. Uh, so on that statement. So because I feel like you're the barrister here and I'm the witness. And this this feels like a trap play. But but you know what? But I, I, I'll cut in for a little bit to say this. When I, when I watched the game and I thought about what you said, because I think we both kind of knew that this game was about the tight ends. It was, it was essentially Kelsey versus Gronk because if you look at the numbers and even the careers, both quarterbacks were very, very acquiescent with their tight ends. But what the difference was, and what was key was that Kansas, City, that that defense for Kansas City just didn't have an answer for Gronk, even when everybody it felt like in the stadium knew where the ball was going, and and I, and I put it like this, Chris. I'll, I'll admit you were 100% right because Man, when it came, yeah, there's the vilification he needed, folks. So <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's, that's what I'm here to provide on today's episode. Not in it, but I think where you were right at was the tight end position. But where I think we were both right was the defense. And because, remember, I think we both talked up, and I said this Todd Bowles defense, is a subsection of the Tony Dungy, kind of that Tampa 2-style defense where it was really based on linebackers. Like back in the day, Derek Brooks. Oh. And then now you got Shaq Barrett and you got Devin White. It worked. And and then I also talked about, like I said, the Chiefs. They didn't have their their best two tackles. Their top two tackles were out. And Kansas City's def- at that position has to be addressed even before they got to the Super Bowl. Let's not pretend that this wasn't a problem, you know, that just existed. It's been an existing problem. But I I call it the flex seal effect. When you can cover up something so bad when you have things that are better in it. Like we had Patrick Mahomes. You got Tyreek Hill. On the offensive line, flex seal. You don't worry about it. You know, but now that flex seal got broken. And listen, and, and there's not enough gorilla glue in the world to fix that offensive line. So, so I'll throw it back to you. That, 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 I'll admit you were right about Gronk 100% on that.
1: Thank you, kind
0: sir. Uh, <laughs> I use the rest of my time to the senator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, uh, the whole game... It, it, it honestly didn't go as I expected. I did not expect uh, Tampa to just blow the doors off of them. But like you said, there, there were key things that, that, when, that Tampa started doing. When they started putting those pressure edge blitzes on, and Shaq Barrett was in the back of the field by almost the time the ball was in, in Patrick Mahomes' hands. That spoke volume to the tenacity of Tampa's defense, the 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 flexio <laughs> offensive line. Um, you know, and, and, and I give it to Mahomes. You know, the one thing I will say is no matter what, that kid, he tried. He 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 didn't quit no matter what. Um, You definitely could tell that baseball was his first sport by the way he was throwing as he was going down side arming it like he laid out uh, on like a shortstop or a third base and he's trying to gun it to uh, gun it to first base to get the batter out. Um, I think there was like a fun fact uh, uh, statistic of him. I think he ran like four hundred and ninety five yards in the backfield that whole game (laughs) being chased around. Um, I felt for him. You know, then on top of that, the turf toe. Um, you know, a lot of that I think played into a key factor. Now, I think the biggest mistake of the entire Kansas city team as a whole, the biggest mistake was honey badger old Matthew getting in Tom Brady's face and running his mouth essentially. And this is going to be an episode of, of, I'm sorry. I think I should get buck cherry playing in the background here for picking on Tom Brady. I'm sorry,
0: I'm bad. I'm sorry, I'm bad.
1: <laughs> that's all we can yeah. afford. Now back to you. You know, um, w- when Matthew got up in Brady's face, that's essentially, yeah. It, in some places in the world, that's considered assisted suicide. Um, Brady is not. There's a lot of guys that you don't ever want to talk shit to, on uh you know in 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 the ring if it's boxing or MMA or baseball or uh basketball and football and Brady falls into that that category is don't talk shit because you will get hit and Brady proved it he anybody that Matthew was on he threw the ball and made sure it was a catch i mean <laughs> you know and then whatever Brady said, number one, uh, there, there, was another sports announcer. I don't know if it was Shannon sharp or someone that got on Matthew about it, that he talked. well, you know, Brady said something that I'll never repeat. Those guys were all mic'd up. So whatever was said, one, I forget. I want to say it was Shannon sharp, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but some sportscasters like, yo, that man said nothing out of line. They're on a football field and they're talking shit, like grow up. And, uh, what he did is he 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 put Brady in in like a super saiyan-like trance or as Marshawn Lynch would call it, beast mode or whatever we want to call it. Brady goes to the sideline and you see him just like lean down, elbows on his knees and looking at the ground. That is like a charging point for that. And anytime you see Brady do that, good luck and God bless. And it just went on from there. Um, the offense clicked. you know, AB got his catches. Godwin got his catches. Uh, Evans got his, the whole, he just, and then on top of that, not only are, you know, th- we're going to talk about his pass yards, but look at the rushing Fournette had 89 rushing yards, averaging 5.6 yards per carry with a touchdown. Rojo had 61 yards on 12 carries for 5.1 yards. So both running backs. Were at a plus five yard average. You can't have that if, if in the Super Bowl. You can't have that during the regular season, because when that happens, is that opens up and beats your defensive line down. They're tired. You start bringing linebackers in. You might drop a safety in to try to get a, a like a, like a pinch blitz or a safety blitz. And what does that do? That leaves your midfield and 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 out. Completely open, and that's how Brady starts bombing balls to Gronk or or Fournette or whoever. I mean, you, you know, uh, granted Gronk led the team in receiving yards with 67, but the problem is, is that Fournette was right behind him with with 46 as a running back. You know, uh, everybody got theirs, and I think that the you know the the big problem was just. Kansas City did not look prepared on both sides of the ball. Now we can we can say that you know the Chiefs didn't put as many points up because of injuries, the offensive line, and uh, and, and and Mahomes being injured. But the problem is, is the defense necessarily didn't do a lot to stop Brady or or his merry band of uh, of, of pirates at this point, you know, and uh, Brady. I don't know if he necessarily exposed that offense. I don't want to use that term, but um, he did some damage. And then on the defensive side of the ball with Tampa, um, one of the problems is that as a quarterback, especially in the NFL level, I even feel like in high school and and specifically division one and above that, when you get pressured as a quarterback, it's not a good idea to throw a ball wildly, especially in the NFL of all places, where you have linebackers that have better hands than some wideouts do in, in, in Division One and Division Two colleges. And I think, naturally, Mahomes paid for that. But you know, also, the other thing is, is that Mahomes was made, even under the distress level that he was in, he was literally pegging his receivers in the chest or in the head, in some cases, with a ball. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for better precision. I mean, that is that is a laser guided missile strike, and when you it, it essentially turned into a tip drill two times, which which you know uh, Devin White got one, and then Antoine uh, Winfield Jr. got another pick. Um, you know, it, it was just a, a a series of unfortunate events, I think, uh, for Kansas City and Tampa is one of those teams that when they get fired up and ready. Good luck stopping them at the end of the day. That is a dangerous team. Um, what makes me even more concerned is that I think they might be able to repeat it. With Essentially, I'm sure if, if you haven't heard, uh, they're going to try their hardest to keep that team together. Uh, Mike Evans has already volunteered to take a severe pay cut just to give his salary money to other players that need to be re signed. That is outright insane. And you know, and Mike Evans is a he's a top five NFL receiver right now. He's a top five, you know, fantasy receiver. He is deserving of that big money contract. The fact the humility it would have to take to say, you know what, for the greater good of my team, I'm willing to take a pay cut. That shows a lot him a lot about him in, in in character and in general. But also just the friendship that this team has and you know this is circling now into my my i'm sorry speech about tom brady and if you play the first episode of 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 this season on the podcast i was very critical of tampa i was incredibly critical of tom brady and you know as much as it pains me to say this i To the Tom Brady Nation, to the TB12 disciples, I'm sorry. I was wrong, and I've been wrong for years. And you heard it here first from me. He's the GOAT. I don't think we'll ever see another quarterback like him ever again. To, to number one, win seven Super Bowls is outright freaking insane. To win your seventh one at 42 or 43 years old is insane. Um. But then on top of that, to go to a team with a completely different coach play scheme and you only have one guy who you're used to, Gronkowski, to step up with a new offensive line, a new playbook, new receivers. You know, as a quarterback, you got to develop the rhythm and the timing and the body language for, you, for for you to make these no-look passes or to time the routes out. And, you know what, this season of all I think was the hardest on any NFL player – uh, there was no spring training. There was no preseason. You know, they didn't really get to do OTAs until, what, like week six, I want to say? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Ladarius, but they didn't get a lot of, of practice until later in the season. And I think it really showed. And for Tom Brady to essentially step into a situation, Tampa Bay was, was a scary franchise in, in the, the Jameis Winston era. Not to pick on Winston— you know, he had his, his his flaws. He was a good quarterback, but he had issues. Number one, his eyes. For him to be playing half-blind was just absolutely insane. Um, but for Brady to essentially go in there with the same group of guys, you know, they did upgrade their backfield a little bit with Fournette and Rojo. But what he did in Tampa is just... It's scary. You know, it it shows the tenacity of him as a person, the intelligence level of him as a person and an NFL athlete. And just he's a master of his craft. And I just, you know, hats off to him. I previous statements retracted. I will I will take all of the flack. And I said it at the beginning of the season. I said, if he proves me wrong, he earns my respect and I'll say I'm wrong because I, I went back and, and re-listened to that first episode when we when we really brought up Tampa Bay, and and I said I said if they be, if they're eight and eight, that would be a, a fluke. If they went nine and seven, that would be an outright miracle. I'm not I'm not exactly uh, uh, saying what I did. I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing in sorts. I should have wrote down what I said, but uh, it, it it's a tough pill to swallow, but damn dude brady just he went out there and and just went postal and then the only the only other thing i wanted to talk about was back to the defensive side of tampa bay is uh our boy winfield jr so he's catching a lot of flack right now for taunting tyree kill and number one this is, this is a grown man's sport. This is a grown man's league. Now, Grant, we got women coaches, whatever like that. So before we get all like, oh, this is misogynistic and xenophobic or whatever other Twitter trendy stupid words you people learn, the, football is just a rough sport to begin with. And I, I'm a very firm believer in any walk of life, whether it's professional sports, your personal life, your career, a hobby, whatever it is, if, if you're playing on Xbox, if you're going to talk shit and antagonize somebody, don't get upset when it's done back to you. And Winfield Jr., when he chucked the deuce up to Tyreek Hill, number one, my jaw dropped. And I was like, this man just did not do that. Because if you remember a few weeks back, he caught a pass on, uh, by Winfield and took off in his cheetah-like speed and chucked the deuce up. See, uh, He kicked the afterburners on and uh, you can't get mad when when people start running their mouth, and, or you do it to somebody and they do it back. You can't get upset. And I saw he caught some flack. If you look on the the the, the Twitters and all of that, uh, I know Devonte Adams was was not exactly thrilled with uh, with what Winfield did and and numerous other people. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know, and they quoted him in Sports Illustrated: Winfield taunting Tyree Kill quote felt amazing. And it was the exact revenge needed. And, uh, you know, I I know there's, you know, you got to play nice and things like that. But when you're playing a full contact sport, there's full contact personalities. And uh, you can't get mad about it. I got a good laugh about it. I think most of America did. Overall, I thought it was a great game. Um, Congrats to Tampa. Watching Tom Brady and Gronkowski party was an outright event yesterday. All the live videos and and. Uh, Instagram streams and watching Brady throw the Lombardi trophy from one boat to another. I about fell out of my chair laughing. And then just watching drunk Gronk on his boat twerking. It's just, you know, it just shows like the inner child of him and just how much he really enjoys a, his friendship with Tom Brady and B he just his passion for the sport and winning. I'm happy for the guys like Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin or even some of the veterans on the other side of the ball, like Ndamukong and Sue, who finally got their Super Bowl victory. Or the guys like uh, you know, JP Pooh, that's their third Super Bowl ring, and ironically the first two he got from beating Brady. <laughs> you know, um overall I thought it was a great uh game. Side note, the commercials I really wasn't too impressed with, and the halftime show. Whew, I like the weekend. He makes good music. He's just not halftime music. Honestly. They just, I was hoping that Shakira and JLo would pop up on the tripper poles like mid-thing and just start doing their thing again. But unfortunately, we got stuck with the weekend. But, I mean, hats off to the weekend. Like I said, he makes good music. I just don't think it's like Super Bowl halftime music. So that's what I got. Congrats to Tampa Bay. You guys earned it. Go out there, party your ass off. Uh, we saw our good governor, Ron DeSantis, out there chugging a beer, too. Hats off to him for letting letting the NFL do their thing and be in Tampa and try to get back to a normal life. And uh, that's what I got.
0: Well, yeah, a lot cool. to unpack. Yeah. But uh, I'll start with uh, that. One of the things that I noticed, Chris, was, and I, I want to talk about, let's, I want to talk about the weekend first. Because here's the thing, Chris. Talented dude. Talented dude. Let's. Let's preface by saying he's a talented dude. But here's the thing. It was reported that he didn't want to have any guests because he wanted it to feel like a concert. But the problem was, is that, Chris, this is, a, this is the Super Bowl. This is the halftime show. So I'm not saying that it's, it's not a knock on your ego if somebody comes out and performs with you. It's just that this is not it's not a concert it's not a concert most concerts last longer than 15 minutes you know d- well depending where you go but what i will say is that it was it was artistically visual it was very artistically pleasing i'll be congealing nice about that like the scene where he's one you know walking that, that, that maze or whatever
1: <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like the memes the yeah. memes off of that You know, the internet knows no boundaries, no limits, and has no time limit. And I would say within three hours and up, and even into Monday morning, just the memes that they, across the board, use that for. Like, they had one that showed, like, Live look at Patrick Mahomes navigating the backfield, and it's just like him just looking panicked, just, just, just running around. They had some stuff involving politics, you know, with, with like Biden trying to find his common sense and uh, picking on other sports. I think one it was like uh, uh, Tony Romo trying to find a Super Bowl ring. Just just off the <laughs> wall, just off the wall stuff. I mean, the the internet is this absolute savage. I mean, like I said, the the concept of Of the show, I think was good, but it's just his music, you know, like a Super Bowl halftime show. It's like, it's supposed to like pump you up and like, ah, you know, and get all going. I just like, when I think of the weekend, I think of like, I got that like bumping in the Audi and like, I'm trying to put the moves on a, on a lovely lady, or I'm back at the, at the Casa again, trying to put the moves on the lady. And uh, you know, put 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 some of that stuff on to kind of sprinkle the ambiance. But for a halftime show, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm gonna write down bumping in the Audi for future podcast <laughs> references. Because, like, well, no, 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 not a Miata, not a Toyota, folks. The Audi.
1: Yeah. You know, was- I, I, I told you. I I decided to upgrade a little. I mean, I, I wanted to treat myself. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know, listen, you know, everybody in life deserves to treat themselves. I, I'm a big believer in that. And hey, Chris, you want to bump in your audio, my friend?
1: I hate you, you. I know that's gonna get used against me.
0: You're gonna, you're gonna hey, listen. You want to bump in your audio, man? You're cruising down. You get, you got the weekend blasting. You know, you know, maybe slipping a Timberlake song or two in there on your little mixtape. It's gonna be great, Chris. It's gonna be great. my, my so. <sighs> So, but as but, but as for the the game itself, one of the things, and you mentioned something when you were speaking, and you were talking about the transition of this team. Like, here's the thing, Chris: this is the fifth team the Bucks are to win a Super Bowl after having a below 500 season the prior year. And the last thing to do that was the 2017 Eagles, who were seven and nine last, you know, in 2016, and ironically enough, in 2019 the Bucks were seven and nine. It goes to show you, Chris, and a lot of things went into this success. I believe one, and this to me was very important. It was buy into the system. I believe that in the terms of not in the way that a quarterback has to buy into the team, because Brady, Brady gets it. It's like Bruce Arians, and think of it this way: you have Bruce Arians, who, if you really think about it, oldest coach to win a Super Bowl. He's been a head coach almost seven years. You know, seven, eight years. So, and then he has a young offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich. So, Brady comes in. And Bruce Arians, being the ultimate players coach, he let Brady have a say in the system, something he never had in the 20 years he had at New England. Never. Because it was a very, very stout, you know, hierarchy there in New England. So, that to me was very important. Secondly, you know, in the way that you apologize to to Tom Brady, I apologize to Bruce Arians because he took a chance. He got rid of a very, you know, he was somewhat popular in the team, Jameis Winston was, and he let him go. He let him walk, and we're figuring who the quarterback's going to be. And he, he, he gets Tom Brady because he gets Tom Brady to, like I said earlier, buying into the system. Tom Brady, come do you. You have the range. You come do the system. So and I think what what else is important here, Chris, is is that I think what gets discussed is when you talked about, you know, you know, the honey badger. Chris, to me, it was a game within a game. It was the physical game, but then it was the mental game. Because when I saw, you know, Teron Matthew get in Brady's face, I said, this is game over. There you 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 don't do it. It doesn't matter. Here's what I say. It doesn't matter because it's football, you, you just don't do it. It's like it's always that one person who tries to get your goat. They try to poke you. They try to get you to step out of yourself and to make you look like the bad, you know, to do whatever. You know, to make, you know the antagonistic type of folks. But here's the thing, Chris. The simple fact of the matter is you can't get into Brady's head. And then you saw that trickle down to what Winfield did back to Tyreek Hill. So Brady's impact on this team, Chris, was just not on the field. It's in that locker room. He texted guys saying, hey, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is all about success. There was a quote saying when he was always always asked, what's your best? What's your favorite Super Bowl, Chris? You know what his answer was? What's that? The next one. (laughs) It's like that's his, that's his mentality. That's kind of like Mamba mentality. That's sort of like certain people, Chris, they're just locked in. They're locked in. And you think about Tom Brady. He's the only guy across the four major sports to have two championships after the age of 40. Here's the thing, Chris, on two different teams. That's what's remarkable about Tom Brady. Tom Brady spans that way. And and like I put out on Twitter, we learned that it wasn't the Patriot way; it was the Brady way. Because for years, I think we always felt that it's it's Belichick. Belichick's not taking anything away from Belichick, but what we learned, especially that exclamation point in the Super Bowl, Chris, is that it was the Brady way. Brady did it his way. Brady won Super Bowls. He can win with anybody because he can make people buy in to him. And I know you may not like this but you know your guy LeBron
1: does the same thing. I you know I I will I will give him that. I um I might not like his on-court antics, you know, the flopping and it's the same thing with Brady. You know, Brady definitely gets a few calls in his favor. Um but you know LeBron he he brings a presence in and in a work ethic that I think everywhere and everyone else around him uh, grows and feeds off of it. It's like with Jordan, you know, we you know with that Save the Last Dance documentary we got blessed with last year, and we got to really see some of the intimate moments in the locker room and the training facilities with how Jordan interacted with. Pippin and Rodman and Horace Grant and, and Kerr and Cartwright and, you know, all these, you know, all these other guys and that his tenacity and his just outright passion for the sport and, and drive to succeed, it rubs off on, on people in the locker room. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with Tom Brady. I think a lot of those guys I think last year they felt their team was good, but they got defeated. They were, you know, like you said, what were they seven and nine last year? Um, was was it seven and nine? Yeah, seven and nine. Yeah. Okay. You know, they 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 go to seven and nine and end up finishing this season fifteen and five. You know, with with playoff victories and a Super Bowl, um, which literally just changing a quarterback, adding a tight end. And not that they didn't have bad with Cameron Brayton O.J. Howard, I mean, I are both excellent and and very high excelling tight ends. But it's just the passion that Brady brings in and and his work ethic, I think it rubbed off on the rest of the team. You get some of these rooks like uh, like a Chris Godwin or uh, uh uh Mike Evans, not that he's a rook, but you know, just these younger players that They see Brady as this, like, demigod entity, essentially, of the NFL. This, like, this deity of sorts. And they're like, holy shit, I'm playing for him now. This man's 100%, 100% of the time. I got to give 105%, 100% of the time just just to keep face. And I think that that really paid off for them as an entire team on both sides of the ball. And like you said, when you see the star quarterback, a man that's been in ESPN, Florida, uh, USA Today, the New York Post, any major news and media organization for the past 20-plus years is texting you in the middle of the night saying, we are going to win the Super Bowl. That, that's that got a light of fire on your ass. And uh, that, that was that was just something that that really impressed me with him.
0: Yeah, and... Like I say, with Tom Brady, it's always mental. And when I saw, like I said, when I saw the Honey Badger get in his face, I, I said game over. And 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 for Chiefs fans who say that with certain call jingers go their way, I counterpoint with this. It's like, listen, the referees didn't have that unsportsmanlike conduct call that Chris Jones had. Yep. You know, fourth and five, Tampa kicks the field goal. It's good. You get a five-yard penalty off sides. Tampa gets the ball back, so three became seven. That's not on the referees. That's discipline, that's structure, and from an Andy Reid team, very surprising. Because here's the thing, Chris. A couple of things about the Chiefs before I go back to Tampa. Listen, you know, those nine points, we've had a, this is is the 11th Super Bowl where a team has scored in single digits. So we've had 55 Super Bowls. And a fifth of, you know, pretty much a fifth of them had team has scored single digits. There were 11 penalties. That's tied for the second most in any Super Bowl with 11. And they had the third most you know, penalty yards, 120. And I want to talk about Tyreek Hill before I go to Mahomes. You know, he's held to seven receptions, 73 yards. That's his sixth lowest, lowest total in receiving yards, both the regular season and the playoffs this year. So that's a testament to Antoine Whitfield. That's, that's a testament to Todd Bowles. That's a testament to defense. How well they, they targeted Tyreek. We shut down Tyreek. Game over. But I want to go back to Patrick Mahomes because I found the stat. You know me, Chris. I love a good stat. And for Patrick Mahomes, I'm just going to read this to you, and there's going to be a follow-up question. This he lost in this game, he lost a game by one or more possessions for the first time. Do you know the last time that Patrick Mahomes lost a game by more than one possession, Chris?
1: Uh, I want to say it was like game two or three of the previous season. You know,
0: you would think that, Chris, but I hope you're sitting down. So he lost he lost a game by more than one possession for the first time since November nineteenth, two 2016. He was a junior at Texas Tech, and they, right. lost, and they lost to Iowa State. That was the last time Patrick Mahomes lost a game by more than one possession. That goes to show you that throughout Kansas City, listen, throughout Patrick Mahomes starting, you know, listen, they were always competitive. That's what it shows me. But what it also showed me in this game is that how good Tampa's defense is, and, and and Patrick Mahomes' career, it mirrors some another quarterback that I know I like. He's my, he's probably my favorite quarterback outside of my guy Matty Ice, and that's Russell Wilson. And I'm going to read you the their first three years as a starter. So both guys led their teams to the postseason in their first year as a starter. Second year, they won a Super Bowl. And you know what happened in year three, Chris? They both lost to Tom Brady. I
1: did see that.
0: And, 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 they both, and Tom Brady said, no more back-to-backs here. No more of that Drake back-to-back stuff. None of that. None of that. So I, I say that to say this, to console Chiefs fans it's fine because Patrick Mahomes is still going to be a star in this league. Don't let this game. And I think this goes to chief fans specifically. When I say he had a bad game and, and really, when you look at the score, you look at the numbers. Yeah. He threw a lot of yards, but a lot of those yards came after the fact when the game was very much out of reach. But when you don't have the right tools around him, and it's no excuses, but Patrick Mahomes, like you say, Chris, he took he tried to get little blood out of the turnip that whole game, because that defense was not moving. You know, Hilaire had you know spots of running. You know, he had his holes, but there was you know they didn't get it. they shut down the plan was Todd Bowles, shut down the playmaker that was Tyreek Hill, like we'll let Kelsey get his yards it was kind of like an NBA approach because I used to say this years ago about Dwight Howard when he was with Orlando, is, is that I remember, I think it was a playoff game against the Hawks, and Dwight Howard had like 30, almost 40 points, and they still lost. And people were like, well, why? Well, here, here's what the Hawks said. And it's the same thing that the, the Bucks said. We'll let Dwight Howard get his points, just like we'll let Travis Kelsey get his yards, but we're not going to let... They were daring somebody else to get, you know, at least in the basketball concept, at least maybe 15 points. And in the NFL sense to get somebody to get at least, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80, 90 yards. And guess what, Chris? It didn't happen. Because you can shut down one guy and let other let let the let the other guy run wild. But shut down the guy who's the glue to the offense. And that, how do I knew it was Tyra Hill? Because they essentially shut him down.
1: And so, their point blocked it.
0: Yeah. And and I say, at the end of the day, th- that, that Tampa team went out there and played. And and to kind of, and just a couple of more things. It's simply this, Chris. When you look at Tom Brady, 34 playoff wins. The next guy, Chris, is Joe Montana at 16 there are certain and here and here's another stat. Brady is the first quarterback to defeat to defeat three Super Bowl MVPs. Yes. Freeze, Mahomes, and Rogers.
1: This this man to to kick it to like uh this this it's like it's like climbing the towers in Mortal Kombat, like the OG games on like Super oh. Nintendo. Oh yeah. Like you're you're the last three fighters are over it, it was like not only fighting them But then kicking it on like The hardest mode possible And somehow I mean He he plowed through Just anybody And everybody that got in his way uh, You know Aaron Rodgers <laughs> You know Patrick Mahomes I mean it, it's just scary The, the level of Of any uh, skill, talent, you know that that he produced to just just to blow through those guys without really breaking a sweat. I mean, and then to come and play the biggest game of the season against a highly ranked Kansas City Chiefs, and you just sit back and you're like, holy shit! Yeah, and the the thing is, Chris,
0: is is that when you look at Tampa. And we talk about Brady, and I give props to the I give props to Byron Leffers, like I mentioned, mentioned earlier and Todd Bowles. Those two dudes at some point will be head coaches again because I have and I'll just say this real quick about Todd Bowles. My biggest theory is that listen, Todd Bowles was with the Jets, and you saw and, and you're a Jets fan, so I feel you know I'll let you represent jet Jets nation. Because sometimes you make me represent Falcons Nation. So, I'll let you, If if I were to say, Chris, that Todd Bowles, like if if you throw the records out, because they both didn't have the greatest coaching records, let's preface with that. I would argue that Todd Bowles was the significantly better coach than Adam Gase.
1: and, oh, and I, I think one hundred percent, hands down.
0: Yeah. It, and I think the gap, and I think what happened with Todd Bowles is is that, look, he didn't have a quarterback. And he's a defensive, that's not an excuse, but those, that's the reality. It's just that Todd Bowles, you get three years, it seems like to be the average for the NFL coach. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's right. But Todd Bowles went back, got a coordinating job, and proved how great he was. And I think this was, you know, you put that, you put that game on tape, Chris, and he put he puts that in his portfolio, Chris. That's how you get a second job. Byron Leftwich will get an interview next season. I feel that Bruce Arians, what makes what, what the mark of a great coach, Chris, is how you structure those beneath you. It's just that it's we know that you're the lead, we know you're the top, but it's how your it's how your coordinators do, like in any business, because you're the top, but how are you? helping the others beneath you to get to your point. Not now. Not, not to take your job, to take somebody else's job. Not your job. Bruce Arians has done a great job with that. That's the difference between if you want to find the flaw. And I may get Patriots Nation on my, my back for this. But when you look at Belichick,
1: most of his coaches that became head coaches were absolute failures.
0: Yeah. And, and, and when I and, and like an ESPN 30 for 30 style, like what if I told you that the best coach he had was Bill O'Brien and they fired him because he traded six bottles of, you know, Gatorade Frost and the Snickers bar for DeAndre Hopkins. That's why he got fired. And his record was barely 500. But when you look at guys like Andy Reid, look at John Harp, you know, his disciples, Ron Rivera, John Harbaugh, Doug Peterson. Two of those guys have Super Bowls, and with Bruce Arians, he's got a staff he's building to be kind of in that Andy Reid type tree. Is that you teach, you teach down. You don't try to teach up. Like I think with Belichick, I think Belichick. I'm not saying he's not a great teacher, but it, he's exposed when coordinators get a job. So those are those are my two cents to to put the button on the Super Bowl, which it was. You know, which, like you say, it was a great Super Bowl. And to kind of, you know, to, to, to fully wrap it up, the best commercial to me was the, the Scots commercial with John Travolta. That, to me, I, I don't know why it stood out to me, but, you know, always seeing John Travolta bald always kind of.
1: And throw it, yeah, it's a curveball. It's a huge yeah, curveball.
0: Yeah. And even though, like, if you look at his recent movies, like, OK, I know he's bald. But you're like, when you see him, you're like, man, he's really bald. He's like Mr. Clean bald, not like, you know, potential to have hair growth back bald. Yeah, it's, it's like,
1: it is, a, yeah, he, he is, he is stone cold Steve Austin bald. Yeah, you know,
0: listen, couple, you know, you, you, you put a Steve Weiser and a Stunner in, show yeah. me the difference. Hey, show yeah. me the difference.
1: The only, you, you know, know, the only commercial that I really liked as much as I despise. It was uh, the the General Motors electric vehicle, because number one, the, the hypocrisy of an electric vehicle saving the environment is laughable at best for anyone that has a basic understanding of chemistry and, you know, science. So I absolutely can't stand electric vehicles. But Will Farrell was just having himself a whole blast. And they're trying to find each other in like Sweden and Norway and Finland, and none of them are in the right place. I, I did get a good kick out of that commercial. <laughs>
0: That, you know, w- Will Ferrell to me is always funny. It's like, I think I literally bought like a DVD with like, it had like, um, the good guys, Step Brothers, and the, and Ricky Bob, you know,
1: it tell and Talladega Nights. Nights. You know, he, he's, he, I'm the same way I can watch. A lot of people think he's just dumb as shit. I, I. I get a kick out of his movies. I mean, granted, yeah, they are pretty dumb, but they're they are funny at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, they're not gonna be like you know, they're not gonna be like Daniel Day Lewis type movies. You know, they're gonna be like Lincoln, where they're gonna be dramas like Will Ferrell. And and, you know, before we wrap up, Will Ferrell to me has always been funny on Saturday Night Live. Like when you look at the guys who worked at Saturday Night Live, and I tell people this. Leaving like Saturday Night Live is sort of like a a college where you get to accept you're you're there for you know longer than four years. It's like a college where it's always great. you're bringing in guys, and you always see them going out. And it's just like and then they go to the pros to have their own careers. And not a lot of people have success post Saturday Night Live. I could argue he's probably one of the top five guys. And SNL's been around for about forty-five years. He's had one of the top five careers post Saturday Night Live because he understood. Like I said, he we when you saw Will Ferry, you're like, that guy's funny. When you look at Eddie Murphy, that guy's funny.
1: Adam Sandler, that guy's funny.
0: Like yeah. you, you know, and like and I and I throw I can you know I can go on because on I love SNL, but. But you know, but that commercial was was fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, fantastic. Actually,
1: episodes, I got I got one got... thing I want to drop in before we uh, before we get up on out of here. All right, uh, Colombo, on, one more thing before. Yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes's mom getting on Twitter. Look, we got it. It's your son. But you don't need to be coming to his rescue on Twitter in front of the entire world trying to blame the referees. <laughs> like, bro, get your mom was... under control. Like, I get it. It's your mom. You love her. You know, I, 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 I love mine. <laughs> you know, but like, it, it's like, it. it, it it's it's like you get mad because your kid isn't a starter and, like, the parent comes down and starts yelling at the coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking It's that. like, look, like, the, he's a grown man. He's married with a baby on, or, you know, engaged with a baby on the way, playing for an elite program in the pros. Like, Mom, we love you, but, like, chill with that shit. Please, for the love of God, chill. It's, it's, so... It's- Oh,
0: my God, that's too funny. But it's true because, it. you know what, that's one of the reasons why, because we both went to high school together. You know, for those, who, for those who are listening, me and Chris both went to high school together. So years ago, I'll just say this story real quick. So one day I was leaving English honors class. And the way it was set up, like, where the classroom was was close to the lunchroom. So my number one goal was to get in line first, because if you didn't get in line, like, the first five minutes, you were screwed. So, and then all of a sudden, one of the <laughs> the resource officer comes and says, and pulls out a notepad like I'm getting a ticket for speeding, like running. To, and which, listen, he had a right to write it, but he did. So I'm like, wait a minute, I don't see no open road. But anywho, he wrote down like, how tall are you? How much you weigh? And first of all, I was a little creeped out. Like I was a little creeped out by that. So next day, one of the coaches came with the golf cart. And you said, hey, go get a physical. So I went in, got the physical. And then when I when I found the coach, hey, I got the physical. He took me on the uh, golf cart and I was just and I was pointing at people that I saw. I'm like, yeah, I got a free ride today. I have to down the walk. You know, you know, listen, I've always said you gotta conserve energy. So that's what I did. So the coach's office was underneath the stadium. If you remember, was, uh, coach, you know, the coach was under so I go in, I get off the golf cart. I go in and you know what You know what he told me, Chris? What's you know that? what he told me? He told me I was a day late. And, yeah. and, and and in a way, Chris, I was relieved because I could have saw my mom when I if I had games, being just like Patrick Mahomes' mom, like except you know my mom would come out of the stands and like and you know how the stadium was set up, would come down the steps and then get on the sidelines and
1: I'm she like she's out there, she there trying to drop the hammer.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, you know, in a way, it's the blessings that you don't see happening until you're older, until you're older in life. And I said, you know what? And when I saw what Pat, you know, what Mrs. You know, Mama Holmes did, I'm like, yeah, I think we have we we have those parents and we know those people who would have done the same thing. You're kind of like distance yourself from me, like, okay, Ma, I got this, you know. But by
1: nature, they're protective. And and yeah. and you and, and
0: you and you respect that, but you're like yeah, but I'm an adult,
1: and like you, so know, I'm, like I'm, in a, I'm in the whole NFL now,
0: <laughs> right? And it's like if you're in a boardroom or you're you like like oh you don't like my son's presentation, you're like oh boy, like how did first of all who let her up here? That's number one. You find the security guy, like you know she was coming, and the security guy's like yeah I know, but listen, she pulled my ear. I'm like okay fine, but so when I saw that, I'm like yeah you got to tell your mom. Listen, get back. No, but you know, maybe got to do like in your ludicrous, like get back voice. But get back, you, get back! You don't know me like that. See, I did Buck Cherry. You did, yeah. Listen, <laughs> you did Luda. You know, if if you if, if you took a bet today <laughs> that who would do Buck Cherry and who would do, uh, ludicrous, and I Probably guarantee you got it wrong. You got it wrong. So with that, <laughs> speaking of things that are wrong,
1: this whole episode you know,
0: we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. So just to, to close. Check us out on social media at Sports Awardable Twitter and Instagram. Check me out on Twitter at at Leder's Underscore Brown, and Instagram at the Big Nerd Seventy Seven. And Chris is on Instagram at it's Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, what
1: what's your Twitter handle again? I always forget. Pretend UFC Twitter, but you know what? I won like four titles, and I just I'm done. So there's, there's I don't even have uh, I don't even have UFC Pretend Twitter up anymore.
0: <laughs> so this. So this just in: It's Hunter's dead. Yeah, so so he has to find another Twitter. So until until you hear us again next time, I'm Lavaris and I'm Chris. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World podcast. See ya.